I had the opportunity to travel to my state's capital to advocate on behalf of those of us who are living with MS. And then after that, I had the opportunity to travel to Washington, D.C. for a public policy conference again, where I was able to lobby Congress and speak on behalf of those of us who are living with MS. Welcome to another episode of the Thriving Over Surviving podcast where we discuss the ups and downs of our autoimmune diagnoses, but ultimately how we thrive in spite of it. I'm your host, Edie Sahesian. I was diagnosed in 2015 with multiple sclerosis. I've learned a lot about MS in myself over the past few years, but the most important thing I realize is that I am going to live my best life. MS and other autoimmune diseases tend to be a bit of a bummer if we let them. So why not battle back by finding our joy? My guest today is dedicated to getting our voices heard. She is an advocate for all of us in the MS community. Candace Lewis is someone you want on your side. A wife, a mom, and fellow warrior. Let's chat it up with Candace. Hi, hon. How are you today? Hey, Edie. How are you? Thank you so much for having I, me on your show. I'm so honored for you to be here. You're one of the first MS podcasts that I listened to, and so it's really nice to have you here. I feel like I have a celebrity in the house. Oh, my. <laughs> well, I am so excited to be here, and I listen to your podcast as well, and I feel the same honor. So thank you again for having me. So let's start off. With the simple stuff, right? <laughs> the easy stuff. How about your diagnosis story? Okay, so my story, as you already know, I am fairly recently diagnosed. I was diagnosed in October of 2018, so I'm going to back up a, a few months before that. I was um you know, at work and all of a sudden my feet went numb. You know, I stood up to, you know, take a break and my feet felt, you know, it's kind of funny and I just and I kept going. I thought it was very odd, but I didn't know what it was. And so that was a Friday. And when I got home that that evening, I told my husband about it, you know, just to just to plant the seed, just to let him know what was going on with me. And then by that Monday, I was numb from my toes to my knees. And I knew something, you know, something was going on here. So I contacted my primary care doctor and I you know, she thought maybe this was some form of neuropathy, so she sent me to the neurologist, and by the time I had that appointment, I was numb to my torso area, from my feet to my torso, and she explained to me, the neurologist did, you know, that I had, no, that, well, she didn't know what it was, of course, but about a year and a half prior to that, I had passed out and had a horrible case of vertigo. And so that when I went to the emergency room, they sent me for a brain MRI. And so when I had that appointment with my neurologist, a, you know, a year and a half later, she noticed that and she showed me the MRI and she showed me an area of my brain that was indicative of an autoimmune disease. And so she sent me to have another brain MRI and a spinal MRI. And so when I had that, she called me the next day again at work and she said you know you know I kind of see something on your spine that might be a little you know concerning so let's go ahead and do a spinal tap so that's when I knew something was really wrong you know because 
I thought, okay, I'm numb. I'll just have a pill. They'll give me, you know, a pill and everything will go away and everything will be fine, right? When she said spinal tap, I knew it was something more serious than that. So I had the spinal tap and by then it's October, had that appointment where she told me that I did have multiple sclerosis, but I did do some research, you know, when I had to have that spinal tap and you, I have a, you know, I belong to a medical group that I can look at my online chart. So as results started coming in on that online chart from the from the spinal tap, I would you know copy that and then put it in a Google search. Okay, what is this? You know, and so I kind of had a feeling I had multiple sclerosis by the time she told me and my family jokes that I became a Google doctor, you know, by the time my diagnosis actually came in. You know, and I hear other stories about you know, the years that it took for them to be diagnosed or misdiagnosed, but it took me about a month and a half of testing before I was was diagnosed with MS. And I also want to say that when I was diagnosed, again, it was October of 2018, and I was in my 50s. So that was just pretty rare, you know, for, for that diagnosis to come in my 50s. The first time you noticed it was the vertigo then, thinking back? Yes, thinking back, I have suffered with vertigo, honestly, you know, for for years, you know, maybe five years before my diagnosis, I always connected vertigo with a sinus infection. You know, it always seemed to come and go whenever I had some kind of a head cold or, you know, feeling sinusy. And before, again, before my diagnosis, I had a really bad case of vertigo. My husband and I were on a road trip, and part of that was driving through the mountains through Tennessee and, and Virginia. And by the time we got to Virginia, you know, I was, I had vertigo so badly, but I thought it was the change in altitude that sent me into vertigo. So again, I never, ever, ever thought it was anything related to MS, but now I know that vertigo is one of my flare-ups. So whenever I have vertigo, I know I'm, I'm in a flare-up. Same boat. I'm right here with Really? That. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And the steroids also give me vertigo, so it's fun all the way around. Oh, oh, oh my goodness. And I just, now, now the steroids keep me awake. I can't sleep for three days after I have steroids. I hate to receive the steroid infusions. Is that how you receive yours? The first time I had infusion, but later I ended up using Acthenar gel. Ah. And that was a different experience. It it took longer to recover. I mean, I recovered less, but there were not any side effects from that. So it was kind of nice. And I would do that again. Okay. And is that a pill? It is a shot that you give yourself. Oh, fun. Fun. I guess you say injectable, right? Yeah, injectable. injectable. Yeah. Yeah, but it it was a good experience. I would use that again for sure. So this new diagnosis has led you on such a courageous path already. I'd like to talk about that a little bit more and ask you, as you've progressed through your diagnosis now, what has been your proudest accomplishment? And tell us also who or what helped you achieve that. My proudest achievable moments would be when I had the opportunity to become an MS activist. You know, I had the opportunity to travel to my state's capital to advocate on behalf of those of us who are living with MS. And then after that, I had the opportunity to travel to 
Washington, D.C. for a public policy conference again where I was able to lobby Congress and speak on behalf of those of us who are living with MS. And it was just an awesome experience. And when I did that, I was truly newly diagnosed again, diagnosed in October. In January, I was in Austin, Texas. And in March, I was in Washington, D.C. So within you know, four or five months after my diagnosis, I jumped right in. Now, I immediately got involved with my local MS self-care group, kind of like a self-help group. And because, again, once I was diagnosed, I went directly to the um, MS Society, my local chapter of the MS Society, got all this information. They let me know where my local, you know, the the um, nearest self-help group was to me and where I lived. I contacted that leader and she and I just kind of forged a path where she took me under her wing and we just took off together. And she's really a firecracker. Her name is uh, Veronica Lewis. I've spoken with her on many occasions. Again, she's the leader of the self-help group, but she and I have traveled and done great things together. And I have, I loved it. I've loved, I love it every step of the way. So when you do these speaking engagements and do your advocacy, what specific message are you sharing with people? So the specific message, especially to Congress, when we went out, we um, talked to them about how expensive our treatments are. We talked to them about what we call surprise billing. You know, we go into the doctor or into the hospital and we pay a copay. But then once we get home, we you know receive these outrageous bills, you know, that are, you know, we have now we receiving a bill from the from this doctor who may have come and spoken to us, a bill from an anesthesiologist, a bill from another doctor, you know, so that's well beyond what we've already paid in a copay. So that has been resolved. I believe that we are seeing less of that now. And we also speak on behalf of what's called step therapy, where they start you on the lowest cost medicine which is also the least effective treatment when it comes to treating ms and so they the insurance companies they start you off on these low cost medicines again they're least effective and you have to put your body through this turmoil to prove that it's not effective before they will approve you to go to the next step so again we have spoken to congress about that and i had the chance to tell my personal story because that's what happened to me I was initially put on uh, Capaxin, where for me, it was a three times a week injectable. And I had to show my, I had to send pictures to my neurologist of these horrible bumps and bruises that I had all over my arms and legs and belly because you had to rotate the injection each time you, you know, had to inject, you had to rotate the location, I should say. But by the time I would rotate back around to my arm, I still had a horrible bruise, you know, a golf ball sized lump still in that arm, hard, red, and it was just horrible. So... We, you know, we appealed and was able to go to the the highest level of of the step. And that that worked out great for me. Now I'm on Casimta. So we fought for Ocrevus. So after that horrible experience with with Capaxon, I went right to Ocrevus. Ocrevus was a two times a year infusion. It actually worked great in terms of my MS and slowing the progress of the of the of MS. However, I had infusion reactions. So the infusion reaction would send me into kind of 
anaphylactic type of situation where my throat would start to close so they would have to stop the infusion shoot me with more Benadryl and then do the infusion on a slower drip so that just had me in the infusion center where it should be a, a six hour treatment I would be there for eight or nine hours so it worked for the MS but that reaction that I um, would have each time my neurologist and I decided to do Casimta so I'm on Casimta now I just started that back in in March so I guess what four months ago so it's been no it was in April it's about three or four months ago so yeah it's, I like that it's a one-time injectable it works the same way as as Ocrevus but it's once a month so that's been great. No side effects at all. Yay. I'm so excited Yay. for that. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. And have you had relapses since your initial diagnosis? You know, um, I may, may have had one relapse of vertigo where it lasted, you know, more than a day. You know, if it, they say if it lasts more than 36 hours, you're in a, in a relapse. So maybe once, but I'm going to tell you. It's not very memorable, so I can't really remember it. So I don't think I've had a bad relapse. I may have a day or two where I'm super exhausted and that if I'm really, really tired, that will make me have a day of vertigo where I can feel the pressure behind my eyes and the, the dizziness and the walking at a slant. <laughs> but other than that, I have not had any real relapses that have lasted more than, you know, a day or two. I love that you can laugh about it, right? Because yeah, you have to, right? <laughs> yes. And you, you obviously are in that boat. And I think you bring to this some wisdom that others that are diagnosed at a younger age don't have, mm. right? Yeah. I don't know if I should advocate for myself. I'm just going to listen to my doctor and you are um, busting those doors down to get in well, there and, and make a difference. Thank you for that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And and you mentioned, you know, we do have to laugh at it. I I have to, I keep saying I'm going to do this, but I have to purchase the t-shirt. I don't know if you've seen it. I'm sure you have. The one that says, I'm not drunk, I have MS. And I think about that t-shirt every time I am in a, you know, where it's just one of those days where I can feel myself walking in the office or walking down a hallway or just walking at home and I may accidentally run into a wall or I can feel myself leaning you know and I and I know and I tell my husband all the time if somebody's watching me I bet you they think that I'm drunk on the on the job you know so I have to get that t-shirt so I can explain myself and I also want to show you my t-shirt that I have on today I have on my you know it doesn't say anything but she yeah. has on her orange shades and her afro and I this is my favorite MS related t-shirt because she's rocking her orange and I love it so yeah, wanted to that show that to you. great. <laughs> yeah, lady. I know. Wear it proudly. That's what I, I say. I do. I do. I have another. I have a. I have several, and I wear them. And sometimes I wear them to the office. You know, it's at the beginning. I have to tell you, Edie. It was. It was like one of the top secrets in my life. Even though I was going out and doing all of this activism, but people in my other than my family. A lot of people didn't know I had it, and I think that I had MS. So I think my my podcast was my my own coming out. I had people like, "What? You have MS?" So that that was one of my best kept secrets for for about a, about two years. Didn't wow! Know. I, 
it is sometimes difficult to share yeah. with people, especially at work, right? I don't want right. them to think that I'm not capable of doing something. That's it. In my case, I couldn't hide it because I went numb from my neck down and couldn't walk very well, but I was oh, still wow. going to work every day. And uh, everybody's like trying to help me walk across campus. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so wow. Because yeah. it looked yeah. like I was walking on moon shoes. I know. <laughs> I know. I know that feeling. I know that feeling. And I had to have my neurologist help me to explain to others what the what our numbing feeling feels like and how she told me to explain it. Imagine you're at the dentist and you're going to have a filling done or a root canal or whatever, and they give you that shot of Novocaine. And so your your face is numb, right? But you can feel if someone touches your face, but you don't feel the actual skin to skin contact. You feel that numbness, but you don't really feel the warmth of a touch. You know, you just feel like, okay, something's there, but you really don't know what it is. That makes sense. Does that kind of describe it for you too? Absolutely. That's exactly what it is. And I have that. That's my continuing symptom in my hands. It increases and decreases over depending on what I eat, how I feel, if I'm tired, if I'm hot. So sometimes it'll get to like a burning sensation. But wow. most of the time it's that loss of sensitivity you were describing. I really like that analogy. I'm going to use that, Candace. Yeah, take it, take it, take it. And and I still feel, you know, that reoccurring numbness, mostly in my, not in my feet, but in my legs, maybe my calves and knees. And I'll tell, you know, tell my husband or my kids sometimes, okay, my legs are numb, you know, so I know it's there and it's hard to really determine what the root of it is. I don't feel it mostly until I'm about to go to bed. And that's when I feel my legs together. And it's like, oh yeah, you know, my legs are numb. So it's hard to tell what it's from. It could be, you know, from fatigue or heat, any of that, because I too suffer from heat sensitivity as well. Living in Texas, you know, there's always this ongoing humidity and heat that's sometimes unbearable, right? <laughs> For sure. How do you beat that heat? Air conditioning, of course. And then I sleep with not only the air cannot go above 72 in order for me to sleep comfortably. And I have to have a fan next to my bed and a ceiling fan above my head. Because if, I, if I'm too hot, I can't sleep. And that's when... But you make it happen. You're taking the steps to make sure that you're comfortable. To. Absolutely. Absolutely. I just have to keep myself as cool as possible. During the time that I was diagnosed, I also have thyroid disease and I was going through menopause. So I, again, had no idea it was MS. So all of this heat and fatigue, I kept going back and forth between my endocrinologist and my OBGYN. I was like, surely this is related to my thyroid. Surely I must be going through menopause, which I was. So the heat and the fatigue, I never could really get a handle on it. Once I realized, because once I realized it was MS, it's like, okay, that's what this is. Because my endocrinologist was like, no, you know, your thyroid levels are fine. My OBGYN, well, no, you're, you're, Estrogen and testosterone levels are, are normal, so they just could not figure out what it was, and now we all know what it is. Candace, what brings you the most joy? Uh, well, what brings me the most joy is 
it's so many, so many ways to answer that. But what brings me the most joy is taking care of myself. I have to, I have learned throughout my MS journey to listen to my body. I have learned that it's okay to say no to certain things. You know, I've learned to set boundaries for myself. And sometimes that self-care and self-advocacy means I'm just sitting at home in my favorite recliner, reading my favorite book or watching my favorite mindless television show just to decompress. I also love a good baseball game only if I'm sitting in the stadium, not so much watching it on TV. And that's where I'm headed after our conversation today, Edie. I'm going to an Astros game and that is really my happy place. Just sitting in a baseball field is just so relaxing. It's so peaceful and I just love it. I don't think about anything. I just sit there and relax. And that's where I'm going today. One of one of my many happy places. I love that. Now, who are they playing? <laughs> Do you know? Yes, they are playing the Seattle Mariners. Yes, we're in a series with the Mariners right now. So, yes, ma'am, I'm, be a great I'm all in. I can't wait. I'm changing out of my favorite MS shirt and putting on my, my Astros T-shirt and headed to the baseball game. So excited. <laughs> I love it. I, I am a Red Sox fan. And ah. Fenway is definitely a place that I love to be. And so yes. I can feel you on that. All right. So, Candy, how do you maintain such a thriving mindset? Oh, wow. I Two things. So I, I do love to exercise. I do like to ride my bike. I do like to do, you know, moderate exercise. But that's one way to kind of keep my mind going and keep myself focused. And I feel like those of us who are living with MS, if we don't, practice and don't use our our brain if you will you know challenging ourselves that we'll lose that so you know I just have to try to do as much as I can to keep my mind activated and as far as the MS community and and thriving within the MS community I too like you Edie have um, an MS podcast that is called MS conversations with candy and that is how I keep just kind of keep myself going and thriving within the MS community I love having conversations with other MS warriors like yourself you know so we can just kind of share our stories and and be a vital part of the MS community I just think it's so important that we all realize that we're not in this alone that we we have one another in our in our community or in our village. We are not alone in this MS battle, as I like to say. We're always, you know, doing the best we can to help one another live our best lives. Yes, yes, exactly. So do you have any tips that you'd like to share with the listeners today? Absolutely. I, especially those who may be newly diagnosed, it's very important that that you learn to advocate for yourself, you know, whether that is, you know, with your doctor, with your family, and, you know, others around you, because, you know, most of us who are living with MS, you can't look at us and tell that we have MS, right? So we look fine. So when we go up about our day and we have learned to set those boundaries and learn to say no, you know, some people can be a little put off by that. You know, they're like, well, you know, you look fine. Well, you know what? I may look fine, but I don't feel fine. You know, I had a, a hard week. I had a hard day. You know, I could be fine on Monday, but by the time Saturday comes, I am 
you know, flat on my back trying to rest and, and, and get my, get myself back together because it's just the way it is. So that self-advocacy and self-care is definitely high on the list of, a, of the tips that I would give. Take care of yourself and advocate for yourself. So from the self-care to the advocacy to sharing your story, Candice, you are definitely a thriving member of our MS community. And I thank you for being here today and letting me be a little starstruck and (laughs) having you on the show. (laughs) (laughs) I thank you for having me on your show. And I would like to just put in a shameless plug for MS Conversations with Candy, and I am excited to say that Edie will be joining me on my podcast. Look forward in the next couple months. I'm so excited to be able to have a conversation with you on my podcast to hear your story. Me too. I can't wait. <laughs> Excited. Can tell people, tell people um, other places where they might be able to find you. Sure. My website is www.msconversationswithcandy.com. You can also find me on Twitter at candylu 2 Again, at C-A-N-D-I-L-E-W and the number two. And then on Instagram at MS underscore conversations. Thank you again so much for being here today, Candy. And I'll see you soon on your show. But until then, keep thriving. Thank you, Edie. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Thriving Over Surviving podcast. If you would like to join our growing community of thrivers, there are a lot of ways to do so. Visit the website at thrivingoversurvivingpodcast.com. There you'll find links to all our social media, my blog, and lots more. See you next time when we chat it up with another autoimmune warrior on the Thriving Over Surviving podcast. Keep thriving.